This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for joining me for the 500th episode of the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and I just have to kick off the only way that would be appropriate, which is thank you for listening, for being here, for being a part of the Primal Potential family, whether you've been around since the beginning or you just started listening. I am so grateful for you making this possible. Honestly, I know you've heard me say it before, but if there was ever a day to say it, it's today. There would be no primal potential without you. For every email that you've sent me, for every email of mine that you've read, for every episode you've listened to or blog you've read, for the ratings, for the reviews, for the comments, for the questions, we're doing this together. And I can't wait to see where we go from here as a primal potential family, but also me and you together on your journey, however I can help you. I'm just excited to see what is next for primal, for you, for all of us. And we actually passed this milestone a while back, technically, this 500th episode milestone, because I didn't used to name the Q&A episodes, but this is officially episode 500. And on top of that, what's probably a bigger deal to me, what's definitely a bigger deal to me is that today, the day this airs, July 12th, is Primal Potential's fourth anniversary. Four years since the website went up. There was no podcast at that time. Four years since I decided I'm doing this. In fact, Four years ago yesterday was my last day at my corporate job, and the following day was my birthday, so today is also my birthday, and it was the launch of Primal Potential. Holy moly, I just got so choked up remembering that day, leaving my job, starting something new, being totally unsure, and just thinking through everything that has happened since then. I am just grateful beyond measure for all of you taking this bumpy ride with me. So we are extending this celebration. I asked you guys a few episodes ago what you wanted to hear for episode 500, and you gave so many great suggestions. Some of you said you wanted to hear an episode update with me and my mom, because way back in episode 204, she was on the show talking about our history with my weight. And so we did that update episode that aired, I think it was 497. My sister was also on with me and my mom. Some of you said you wanted to hear success stories from clients of mine who have created amazing transformation, and one of those aired in episode 498. Another one is coming in episode 501. And some of you said you wanted folks to interview me for episode 500, and so that's what we're doing today. One of my Primal Potential Masters Club members has turned the table. We did this once before at your request, but we're doing it again Some of the questions are about the business side of things, and some of them are about my own personal journey and how things have changed. Like, what's the biggest difference in how I used to journal versus how I journal now? Or from a business perspective, 
where do I want to see the podcast go from here? Or is there anything I regret sharing and communicating? So we're getting into all of that today. Before we do that, though, I want to make sure to follow through on something we started doing just a couple of episodes ago since I didn't do it in the interview that you're going to be hearing in just a couple minutes. So a meal that I have had recently that I loved. I know that seems like a hard right turn. I've been incorporating that at the end, but I didn't do it at the end of the interview. Uh, So I want to do it now. It was today and it was so good. I had it for brunch. I personally prefer to eat two bigger meals and no snacks versus like three smaller meals or snacking. And I made the simplest, fastest, no cook meal. And it was amazing. I combined mozzarella, fresh mozzarella, not like shredded processed stuff, but fresh, real mozzarella with basil and some tomatoes, cherry tomatoes that I had just picked off my mom's plant. Actually, she had just picked them, put them on the counter, and I snagged them. Um, and I'm up in at my family's beach house, so my mom has a tomato plant here. And she put them on the counter, and I grabbed them. So I took the mozzarella, the basil, the fresh-picked tomatoes, and I put them on top of an avocado and drizzled, drizzled the whole thing with balsamic vinegar. So good. No cooking. Super fast. Super delicious. Workout-wise, since I am up here at the family beach house away from my CrossFit box, I brought my jump rope with me. And what I did today that was so easy and also kind of playful, but it got spicy, I did a 20-minute jump rope workout where I would jump rope consecutively for 60 seconds, then I would rest for 20 seconds, and then jump again for 60 seconds, did that for 20 minutes. The first few 60-second intervals felt pretty easy, but very fast it got heated and challenging, and it was a great workout. And you can see some of my workouts. You can see most of my food picks if you are following me on Instagram, at Elizabeth Benton. So with that, we'll leave the tears, and we will dive into this cool conversation between myself and one of the members of the Primal Potential Masters Club Looking at my journey personally, but also my journey in business. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of the Primal Potential family. Thank you for helping me celebrate. And I hope you enjoy the conversation. Have a great day. Hi, Evie. Hello. (laughs) Okay. If we're recording this podcast, it means that it's the 500th episode and it is your the 500th episode, but more importantly, it's your birthday. It is so, my birthday. Just say happy birthday from me and all your devoted um, followers, podcast listeners. We love you so much, and we hope that today is blows your mind with how amazing it is. So happy birthday. Thank you so much. I always wondered when I launched Primal Potential on my birthday – if I would come to see that as like a really good choice or as a not so good choice. And who knows, it's only been four years, but it makes my birthday feel so much more special to me because it's so much more than just another year older to me. And I, I am probably going to get emotional saying this, not a great way to start off. Come on, Elizabeth rally. Um, but I, uh, It feels to me to share my birthday with Primal Potential like 
everything that brought me to this point in my life was exactly what I was supposed to experience and exactly what I was supposed to go through. And it just feels like such a richer celebration because we're celebrating primal potential, which means we're celebrating you, which means we're celebrating the master's club, which means we're celebrating everybody who's ever listened to a rep, an episode or read a blog post who is trying to improve their lives because obviously primal wouldn't exist without every one of you. And that's just like a really cool feeling. Yeah, it is really cool. It is the, the birth of so much more than just you, the birth of your dreams, the realization of what you're created for. So I love it. I love that it's on your birthday and I think there couldn't be another day where it wouldn't be would be right for it. So I'm I so agree. Glad. I agree. So you guys came up with a bunch of questions and some of them are about me and some of them are about primal, but I'm excited to dive into them. And I was just saying before we started recording that my MO, I'm not a preparer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because, and the reason for that is I don't want to concern myself with saying something the right way or right. saying what I think, you know, sounds good I really just want to be real. And that's yeah. the way I try to approach every podcast. And this is no different. So I'm, I'm excited about these questions. And I'm kind of curious where the conversation is going to take us. Me too. And I hope we'll try to keep it okay for you. Um, okay. All right. So yeah, let's heart and gut this thing. Um, okay. The first one is why did you start Primal Poten- Potential and have the reasons for why you've started it evolved? So the the sort of non-emotional, non-desire, passion side of it was that I was working in a job that I was very good at, but I found very stressful. And it was taking more from me than it was giving to me. And I wanted to make a change because I just had a lot of anxiety with that job. I worked in a in a management system that was very very volatile and it was the kind of thing where I got nervous about checking email. I got nervous about answering my phone when I was paged over the intercom like I just felt almost like a fear, a nervousness. And so the backstory that was happening in my life at the time was that I knew this wasn't a healthy situation for me. The other very real part of it was that at that point I had probably lost near a hundred pounds. I don't know the exact numbers when I made the decision to start Primal, um, but I was working for a supplement company and I wasn't using the dietary supplements as a means of weight loss. And it started to feel a little incongruent because I was the director of product development and I was doing all of these educational seminars and training people on the products. And it appeared visibly to be in product development and be changing my health so radically that, you know, intuitively you would think it was a result of the products. And I began to become uncomfortable with those appearances and not wanting to be dishonest about my process. And I really believe in one's ability to create something from nothing. Right. I had worked really hard to get out of debt prior to that. So I felt like it was just a confluence of factors leading me to starting my own thing. As far as like why primal potential and why talk about nutrition and why talk about mindset and all of those things. I 
wanted to create a resource and a community and a way of thinking that was so contrary to much of what I had experienced as a young adult, but also growing up. I struggled with my weight forever and felt like the resources were very critical in nature and also very restrictive in nature. And by critical in nature, I mean like you have to lose weight, like being fat is this big problem. And they they didn't feel good to me. It, it felt very stressful. It felt very high pressure. And I was tired of that kind of tone and approach. Yeah. And not even for myself, but just, you know, working in the health industry and having a lot of female friends, primarily female friends that struggled with their weight and knowing that there was such a need for a lot of myth busting in terms of information, but more importantly, helping people help themselves and get out of, because there's no lack of eat this, don't eat that, 21 day this, 30 day that, 12 week this, 12 week that, but in a way that is targeting for folks a permanent and comprehensive change in their whole lives, not just how fast can I lose weight. Right. And you know, when I, I've shared with you guys that a big priority in my life right now is the book that I'm writing and I challenge myself every day to write the book that I wish had been available to me, the book that would have been a constant companion for me and my struggle in the trenches, in the dark moments, in the hard moments, in the excuses, in facing temptation. And I see primal as very much the same thing. You know, I wanted to create not just information, but an opportunity for transformation of the whole person, right? Because it's not just about the body. It's about the mind. It's about the relationships, about finance. It's about all those things. And I felt like, why not me? Right. Yep. But the second part of that question, I think, is has have my reasons changed, right? Right. Yes. How how What has evolved or have you, from the initial motivation and inspiration to do it, has anything evolved in what you found to be a different, more of a focus or less of a focus with the podcast? What has evolved? Yeah, so... I love science and I think there's so much misinformation. Just the other day, I was on a webinar with a group of folks that are working with me for the summer in a very, very, very kind of small and modified way, doing live Q&As with them. And somebody said like, I know cardio is a must for fat loss. And I love being like, no, it's actually not. Like, hold up. I get it. Is cardio going to hurt? Probably not. I mean, it, it... can have a multitude of impacts and and it can make you more hungry and all of this. But the primary point, like I love giving information, like actually, no, it's not a must for fat loss. There are so many ways that you can burn fat and keep it off without a cardiovascular exercise component to your life. Right. You know, you absolutely can. And so I love providing that information, but now through four years and thousands of clients and hundreds of episodes I, and I'm sure anybody who's listening, yourself included, because you started listening early on, I see that the people who are struggling, while yeah, they might have a real basic need to understand some nutritional fundamentals, 
it's their thoughts and they're clinging to the past and they're clinging to the story and they're clinging to the excuses and not realizing their power and potential to create change right now. That is the limiting factor. And if I could talk to every person individually and instill in them that clarity, that clarity that isn't just a moment of like, yes, I get it, but also a burning passion to do that work and fight that fight and stay away from the hacky tips and tricks kind of food side of things, that would change their world. And it wouldn't just change their world, it would change the world. Yeah. It would change every romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. It would change every career. It would change every parent-child relationship. And so if anything has changed in terms of my intent, that's why my book isn't about nutrition. It's about creating right. change. So if anything has changed in my intent, I think that was definitely there four years ago, but it is a fire and a passion that burns brighter now. Yeah. Yeah, a stronger emphasis on the big picture, the big, the mindset shifts. Yeah. Breaking barriers. Like, I never freaking talk about breaking barriers. And every time I think to myself, E, you never talk about breaking barriers. I'm like, why not? That is it. That is the magic. That is like the thing that people need to set themselves free. Even you who's been with me forever, right? From the very get, right? From the very get with the podcast and in the Fat Loss Fast Tracks and in the Masters Club and all of that stuff, you know nutritionally what is going to drive results for you, but your transformation comes entirely from the breaking barrier stuff in terms of your application of those kinds of principles of the excuse and the story and the limitations and the fear and the doubt and the past. Absolutely. That's it. That's all of the work. And the thing is, when you do that work, it is the lead domino Mm-hmm. When you are not making excuses, when you're not lying to yourself, when you're not so caught up in your story that you can't see how not true it is and how not helpful it is, then the food stuff begins to take care of itself. The discipline stuff, the motivation stuff, that's that's the magic. Yeah. I get so yeah. excited about it because I just see it as such a huge opportunity. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, we were reflecting on even how I got on the podcast and I fumbled through because I was at the end of my rope with my weight journey and I stumbled upon it. But what I didn't realize was my weight was not not the deal. Nope. It wasn't the thing that I needed to work on. And I thought, okay, I'm going to get this. And I'm going to get my you know, weight in order. And it has been much, much more of a journey yeah, um, and a deeper journey and a longer lasting one than I ever could have, ever could have thought. Um, and I think that if we talk to anybody in the master's club and I use the master's club because those folks have been through three or often more of my 12 week groups at different levels and different stages, they would all the say, say the same thing. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, initially there was this huge focus on food, but as you really begin to figure yourself out, you realize this is about how I'm showing up as a parent. This is about how I'm showing up as a spouse. This is about how I'm showing up in my own head. 
And when you do that work, and it's a bigger project than we often think. It was, it's, it is and remains a bigger project for me than I ever could have thought. But holy moly, is it not the most freeing work in the world and the most important work? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that reflects some in your new branding. I know you've talked about it in recent podcasts, but how did you pick the name Primal Potential? And then what kind of has led a little bit to the rebranding? So I remember sitting down and just like brainstorming, you know, write down every word that comes to mind. I remember being very conscious of the fact that I didn't want it to be uh, anything related to, to diet or to even um, like weight loss, you know, in the name where I ended up landing on Primal Potential because even then I knew it was so much more than that. And because I was so exhausted by the dieting, uh, hamster wheel. (laughs) Yeah. Like where you are all or nothing, you know, where you are doing this short term sprint without regard for the fact that your relationship with food is a long term, it's a lifetime of work and a lifetime of choices and hundreds of opportunities every day. So I wanted it to be something very reflective of that non-urgency that we see in a lot of dieting brands, um, because it's not something that we should feel panicked and rushed and urgent about. And when we are, that's when we fall into those all or nothing cycles where we do this work and then we undo it and we do it again and we do it again and we do it again. And you have people that have lost 700 pounds they were only ever 40 pounds overweight. Right. You know what I mean? But Wish like, I knew that person. <laughs> I know, right? Um, yeah. But <laughs> like they lose 20 and then they gain 25. And then they lose 25 and then they gain 30. And then they lose 20 and then they're still struggling with that. T- like that forever battle, I wanted it to be free from that promise of weight loss because <clears throat> we can all do that, but that's what I wanted to move away from. At the yeah. time... I was very much, and I still am, very much committed to whole foods, real food, not processed foods. But I didn't want to define it as what people think of as a diet, like paleo or low carb or anything like that, because it just, it doesn't have to be that complicated. It's not a religion. You know, so many people will be like, I am confused between primal and keto and paleo and all of this. Like, you don't have to marry it. It's just a, it's not a religious commitment. Mm -hmm. It's just a daily pursuit. So that's where I kind of came with primal as representing that and potential because I personally really feel moved by the idea that there's more for me, Mm -hmm. more than the struggle, more than being overweight, more than being frustrated, more than being obsessed with every damn thing I eat and everything I don't eat just more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I didn't want it to be too feminine, but I yeah. also didn't want it to gear, you know, particularly masculine. I didn't want it to scream working out cause I'm not a trainer. Um, so yeah, I have gone back through like trying to find notes for other name ideas, but I can't find them, but I can see like 
60 different logo iterations we did for Primal Potential, which, you know, all felt so wrong. And I had two or three different people working on it. And the lion in the current Primal Potential logo was actually the tattoo that a friend of mine at the time had. So he already had the tattoo and he was a graphic designer. Um, and he was like, I, I like this. And I thought, I do too. A lot of people think I'm a Leo because of it, but <laughs> I'm not cancer here. But um, yeah, that's where it came from. Oh, neat. Okay, good to know. I love that. Okay. Oh, um, but the second part of the question was about the evolution to transformation yeah. is now. Yeah. So Primal Potential hasn't gone anywhere. I still love that. I feel very connected to it. Um, but podcasts are tricky mm-hmm. in how they show up. You know, when we look at the little little square artwork for every show on our phone, it's so small. And it's so many of them, when you browse all the shows, they look so cluttered and you can't really read them and you don't really know. And it's like you have a half a second to really capture somebody. Mastering fat loss naturally really worked as an effective way. Like for you, you were looking for something on weight loss. It really, really worked. And for a long time, I didn't change it, even though I didn't love it, because it was a great way to get people in the door. Then I could talk to them about mindset. Then I could talk to them about sustainability. Then I could talk to them about the end of all or nothing and those sorts of things. But I, I didn't really like it. Unfortunately, it took me forever to come up with something that I did like. Mm hmm. And, um, in, in talking to a guy that was helping me do some copywriting for my homepage, I was trying to explain to him the importance of the focus on today because too many people are losing all of their energy and opportunity and optimism in the past, Mm -hmm. not just in beating themselves up over the past or feeling discouraged by the past, but feeling limited by it. Yeah. And telling themselves that the way things have been is the way they will always be. And and similarly, getting overwhelmed by the future and how far they have to go and what it's going to take and, you know, all of this future planning. I used to do that all the time. If I lose two pounds a week yeah. for six weeks or 12 weeks Ugh. or three pounds a week, by the, I'll be this by, Ugh. like, I mean, it was yeah. crazy talk. Yeah. So I wanted to really emphasize the importance of letting go. Of, it's not a good use of energy right now is and the freedom of knowing you can be different in any moment yeah Yeah. not just in terms of your food choices your reactions to people like if you're somebody that traffic drives you crazy and you tell yourself like I'm just a nut job when I get stuck in traffic like I become a raging you know crazy person you can choose right now to not overlay your past experiences onto your present and you can choose to be not only peaceful in traffic right now but like really appreciative for your safety and for the ability to travel and to go where you're going and all like transformation can be chosen right now yeah yeah i love it i i love the new brand i will laugh because my daughter you guys don't know, but she's obsessed with EB and listens to the podcast and could tell the whole intro. So when she changed the intro to the podcast, you would have thought my daughter was like, what's happening to the planet? Is oh, it still rotating my around the gosh. <laughs> anyway, so That's she's really trying funny. to relearn the new intro. But other than that, we, uh, we love it. And that so, is so um, funny. It's, it's inspiring. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to do a little journey inward to your own personal your own heart and ask some questions just 
more about your own personal um, journey since you've started the podcast. Um, what have you, what have you noticed about you in your journal? Journaling so important to you. Um, you make it a practice to journal um, almost every day. How have your journals changed over the last four years? Yeah, my journaling even goes back because even before I started Primal, when I was really like very, very committed to weight loss, and that was my primary priority, I had just a blank spiral bound notebook in which I would write down what I ate every single day. And at the time, that was really all it was. What I would do is I would write the date at the top. And before before even the first thing I ever ate in that day, I would write out the time and what I was going to eat for the mm-hmm. rest of the day. And then mm-hmm. I would kind of, I would, if I needed to change something, I would, I would change it in the journal. But that way I was very intentional ahead of time about this is what I'm going to eat today. And then holding myself accountable, what needs to change was the time different was what I ate, how much I ate, et cetera. Didn't, I wasn't ever counting calories, but that was there. And then over time I started really paying much more attention to hunger, to mood, to sleep, because I, despite being in my mid twenties, late twenties at the time, I guess, yeah, late twenties, early thirties, even I'm older than I think. Uh, uh, (laughs) yeah, I guess so. (laughs) But I, I didn't, despite my age, have a real awareness that, oh my gosh, when I'm overtired, I'm much more hungry. Oh my gosh. You know, I, and part of it was I didn't ever have regular periods until a substantial amount of weight loss. So I didn't know you feel an irrational need to eat everything three days before your period. I didn't have that awareness. So after the very, very basic fundamental today's date is, and this is what I've eaten, it was, when am I hungry? How hungry am I? And it would start really simply like not hungry at all at two in the afternoon or ravenous at five in the afternoon, um, bored and want to eat at 930 in the evening, that sort of stuff. So I started adding in some of that subjective paying attention to how I felt Mm -hmm. and it carried on that way for a long time. Where I am now, this is how I think about it. And it's going to, this might sound weird because I don't have any children, but the way I think about how my journaling is now compared to how it was then when I first started journaling, like I can imagine that a lot of parents with their first newborn, you have that infant at home for the first time, you are so aware of like, when did they eat? How much did they eat? When did they sleep? How much did they sleep? And it's this like rigid, almost like anxious attention, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And now I think about it in terms of how it's your fourth newborn home and you're like, they're still alive. Cool. I think they're hungry. Right. I got it. You know, and it doesn't mean that I'm not paying attention. I am. The difference is just like a parent of the fourth newborn, you are still responsive. You're attentive. You care, but with a much more relaxed attention. Yeah. And that's how it is for me now. Like I still write down what I eat. And the primary reason that I do that is because I want to know that I am paying attention. I have lived in the drift before and Mm -hmm. it doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. want to also know 
things that I'll need to know at a future point. For example, today there might be no reason to write down what I'm eating, but if in a week I realize that I've had a headache every day, I can't go backwards. I want to be able to look and go, huh, what's, am I, am I eating something different? Am I tired? So I've had enough experiences where I'm like, ugh, I wish I could look back and figure what was going on. So I do it for that reason. Where I think the relaxed attention comes in is I'm not freaking out about anything. It doesn't feel like a chore. I'm not chastising myself about it. I'm just paying attention to how I'm going through. And that I would say is the biggest change. But second to that is the first thing I ask myself every day is some variation on how am I going to make today amazing? Mm -hmm. There's a coffee shop I go to near where I live and there's a sign on the wall that says, um, enjoy yourself. It's later than you think. And I love that so much. And we could all see that sign and be like, oh gosh, yeah, that's spot on. But then what are you doing about it? How are you letting that impact how you go through the day every day? I don't want to be the girl who is, and I, and I have been in the past, and, and I certainly probably go through cycles with this. I don't want to feel freaking tense about what I'm eating or how I'm working out or how much work is on my plate because I have one crack at this life and it's later than I think. Mm -hmm. And so the beginning of my journaling every day with that relaxed attention is how do I make today amazing? What am I going to do for me today? And I don't mean I'm going to eat really clean. What am I going to do to like light myself up? Even if that means I'm just going to walk to the water and put my toes in the water or I'm going to take a nap or mm -hmm. I'm going to book a massage or whatever, watch a funny movie. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. am in the deliberate pursuit yeah. of making each day special. Yeah. And I use my journal for that because otherwise, like everybody else, if you're not proactive, you will just be reactive to everything that happens in your day and you wake up and, oh my gosh, I got to do this. And now the kids are up and I got to feed this and, oh, we need to do the dishes and now it's time to go do this. And then it's the end of the day and you're like, poof, I'm spent. And I don't want to go through my life like that. I wish that I knew to not do that when I was a teenager, because I'm not getting those years back. And when I was in my 20s, I'm not getting those years back. And even earlier in my 30s, because I'm not getting those years back, I don't want to be the whirlwind of productivity without joy and meaning in my life, not even for a day. Yeah. So yeah. That's, a, that's a big change in my journals. Yeah. Would you say that that's a big change in you personally? Or can you, can you describe how you what the podcast has done for you, like maybe what podcasts have changed you the most or how have you personally? Well, the amazing thing about the podcast, the cool opportunity for me in the podcast is that so much of it is just me sharing my experiences in life. Like what did I learn from a book? Something mm -hmm. that inspired me in the gym and the aha moment that I had driving home of like, holy crap, this is really about relationship. Um, so it's almost like 
the podcast didn't change me. The podcast has documented how I am growing and changing myself. Yeah. If that makes sense. I am an avid reader and I'm also very um, eager to reach my personal potential. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, I come up and I get so excited about all of these different tools that I use to help me, whether it's professionally, whether it's in relationship, whether it's dealing with a difficulty or an injury or a setback or a frustration, whether it's weight loss or it's fitness. I think the podcast allows me to share that with the world because I didn't have a a backlog of 30 years of stuff that I just wanted to share with the world. It is very much a real-time cataloging of how I am, how I am trying to live better and how I am trying to be better. Um, It would be impossible for me to point to an episode that has changed me the most because I am without a doubt a happier and healthier version of myself now than I was four years ago, without question. Yeah. But I would say what sticks with me right now, and I'm sure that if you ask me in a month, my answer will be different. It'll be fun to kind of see if we answer these questions again in another 100 or 500 episodes. I'm doing your 500th episode. (laughs) You are? You mean you're doing the 1,000th as well? Uh, This is the 500th. (laughs) What? Oh, yeah, right. Okay. (laughs) But uh, I would say right now what I find to be so freeing is the notion of travel light and that lightness and frivolity are always available to me because I am someone who I am so emotionally invested in this work. And this work is not just on me, but for everybody that it touches. Like I cannot quantify or describe how much I care about every one of you in the Masters Club and every one of you that listens and emails me. Um, And because of that, it could feel heavy if I let it at some times. Like I need to do more or this person's upset or they're struggling, and that could be my burden. But the ability to have it be my passion and my heart without being my burden is Mm -hmm. something that I find amazing. And not just related to work, right? Like Mm -hmm. someone says something snarky or dismissive, and I grit my teeth, and I want to bite back. And to be like, "Mm, travel light, don't even pick it up, you know, don't even pick it up. I find that so freeing. I think there have been times in my life where I've been too easily offended. Mm -hmm. And I see that in other people now where they are too easily offended by themselves, for themselves, to themselves, by others. And what that means is they're robbing themselves of a really beautiful and wonderful experience. And I, I would say that that is something that is a thread I've talked about in many podcast episodes. I have it in the sign that hangs over my kitchen window because I think that that is one of the greatest opportunities of my life that I still have as the most to glean from. 
Yeah, for sure. Do you, do you have any regrets or things that you wished you wouldn't have said or done on the podcast? I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. If I went back and lived for, I don't remember a lot, to be honest. But if I went back and listened to like every episode, could I find things that either I could have said differently or I could have explained better or maybe I didn't explain it well or I misspoke or whatever? Um, I think it's just part of the the genuine process that I want for this show. Right. So I don't regret it. Um, I there have been some things that have been conflicting for me. I know that there is a real business opportunity in having it be the Elizabeth Benton show and it's my workouts and it's my meals and people love to follow that. And while from a business standpoint, in terms of interest and engagement and followers, that would probably make a lot of sense. I've really battled with I don't think that helps people transform. There's enough people doing that. If that was the golden ticket, like, okay, we've got it covered. That's not what it is. I want to help people turn away from that. People hate this word, but but it's a good describing word, that voyeuristic tendency and Mm -hmm. instead turn inward. I want to give people an opportunity to look at themselves instead of looking at somebody else. And that has been... I've kind of gone in both directions at different times trying to find not just what I'm comfortable with, but probably more importantly, what freaking works, you know? Um, And I've seen much greater popularity with an oversharing approach, but I, in my heart, I don't believe in that. And it doesn't mean that like somebody listening might be able to make a very strong case for why that would be so great and so fine. And you're not wrong. It doesn't make it my approach, though. Like, I have to do it in a way that I feel good about the opportunity for transformation I'm creating for other people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this isn't a reality TV show. Um, right. So so that's something that I've kind of played around with in different, in different ways. But I don't have any regrets about it. I, I kind of just had to figure that out for myself and who knows how I'll feel about it in a year or five years or 10 years, or I don't think I ever have figured anything out in terms of content, in terms of format, in terms of products and services. You just do what feels right and what you have the bandwidth to do at any one given time. And is everybody going to be satisfied with it? No, but I don't think I have any regrets about that. I will say this will make sense to you, but I don't know that it'll make sense to, um, a lot of other people. So in the master's club and in the 12 week groups, we have webinars and, um, uh, some of them are live and some of them are recorded in the master's club. They're all live, but I did a live webinar. Uh, it wasn't even in the master's club. It was in a 12 week group. And I think you were a part of it. Yeah, I was there. Um, and it was the, it was the first time I shared with anybody that I had separated from my now ex-husband and I remember saying, you know, I, I'm not recording this. And and it was a small group. Like most people, when we do live webinars, most people can't make it live. And so then you get the replay and whatever. But I said, I'm, I'm not recording this. And um, I wish I had. And the reason I wish I had, I don't even think it's a regret, but like if I could go back and do it differently, I would. The reason I wish I had is because 
I don't remember a lot of the specifics and, and some of you ladies reminded me of it. Um, I think when we were together for a master's club weekend, I think that's when you reminded me of it. Um, what that represented was so real in, and, and it's not, I didn't not record it because I was like bad mouthing my ex or sharing anything. I didn't do anything like that. But what it represented is such a real thing for so many people where you're in this dark, vulnerable, scary place or you don't know how to get through it. But in my head, and I don't remember if I verbalized this or not, and we won't really know because I didn't record it, but in my head, that was just a commitment to myself to take care of me when it would have been easy not to. When it would have been easy to say, well, I can't run a business now because I just lost my income support. I just lost my health insurance. Um, you know, I, I don't have the person that was going to facilitate running an online company for me. I'm, a, I'm scared. I I need to go back to some security and, and have, you know, it would have been great to start a company, but now with this development, I can't. And similarly with food, like I just can't prioritize health. I just can't prioritize fitness. And I don't know if I shared this with you guys, um, but that morning, the morning of that webinar, I had gone to the gym and I had told my trainer, uh, that I had separated. It was Nathan who has been on the podcast. And he was like, why are you here? Like, are you okay? Why are you here? And, um, I don't know if it was now that I think about it, it might not have been that same morning, but it was right around that time. And I said, because this is when it matters most. And it wasn't a good workout. And I was in tears for 80% of it. And poor guy probably was like, oh, Jesus, she can't lose it up. <laughs> like crazy. But, you know, that was just so real to have every reason in the world to respond out of fear and to respond out of pain and to not take care of myself through that. And I, I, I don't know that I would ever listen to it again because I don't necessarily want to go back to how I was feeling in that right. moment. But right. like, I think it could help other people and you guys were there for it. So it certainly, you know, was something that I shared with you, but I just, that was so real. And, uh, yeah, if I had recorded that, that would have been a good one to have in the vault. Yeah, it was a, it was definitely in my history with you, one of the more impacting times. And I think it started to become clear to me that it's in, it's when we link um, our own pain and emotion with food, exercise, excuse, that is the place when it's, where it's most tempting to do that. Yeah. And hearing your response to that for me was such a huge, like I'd heard, you know, don't, don't wallow in your pain and that kind of thing. It wasn't that it was, it was holding true to what's best for you, regardless yeah. that they're two separate things yeah. dealing with the pain and then, um, taking care of yourself and um, compounding the pain 
Yeah. By letting yourself go. And then now you have this additional issue that you've created or knowing that, yes, everything here is a disaster, very real, but I've got my own back. Yes. That was so powerful. And we have to practice that Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. my pattern in life had been when I'm stressed, ah, screw it. I, this isn't the time to be on a diet or go to the gym. And you have to capitalize on those hard moments to practice that change. And the other thing that was so huge for me then is I didn't have it all figured out. But what I had to do was stay out of the story and in the moment. And I remember telling you guys, like, I just keep telling myself, in this moment, I am okay. In this moment, there is a roof over my head. In this moment, I am safe. So I can either convince myself, I'm not okay, I'm not okay. And there is real emotional pain. But at this second, at this second, I am safe. And therefore, I am okay. And when we go to the minimum need that I have, my minimum needs are met. And for this moment, that is enough. Mm-hmm. And I, I, we all have opportunities on small scales and large scales to create that strength, to prove that strength. And when we seize them, it changes everything. Using that moment to do that, I didn't know that the next couple of years were going to be rich with difficulty. Lots of opportunity. Yeah, like I sort of thought this is as bad as things will get, but many things happened after that that were incredibly challenging. But I had a confidence that came from that moment, that came from that struggle, that allowed me to oftentimes just tread water, right? Like not, it wasn't like, oh my God, I'm, you know, crushing life in every way. I'm not betraying myself. Yeah. And that, that is a a confidence that I, I believe I have created for the rest of my life. Yeah. For me, the, the love for yourself too was very, very evident of just, I love myself enough to take care of myself in the midst of this. And and I don't think, you know, <clears throat> even for people who aren't going through a divorce or something like that or a death, but in interpersonal relationships, we expect people to respect us and to show respect for us and to care for us. And we get pissed when they don't and we get hurt when they don't. But how dare we hold others to a higher standard than the standard to which we hold ourselves? How dare we hold somebody else to a standard to respect and show love when we are not respecting and showing love to ourselves? And I'm not saying people should be able to treat you like crap, not at all. But I do think there is a very real hypocrisy in holding somebody else to a higher standard than the one you hold yourself to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Whew. All right. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a little lighter question. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna bring. It. Um. Okay. Um. Is there anything from? So we've talked about kind of your personal growth, and there's not really re- regrets, and there's just been a journey for you, and we've been let in on that journey. Mm-hmm. Would you say anything from a nutritional standpoint 
that you've changed your perspective on or something nutritionally that you have felt, oh, this actually needs more emphasis um, than what I originally thought. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think fundamentally my nutrition outlook is crazy simple and remains crazy simple. Eat real food. Do what is an improvement for you and listen to your body, right? The mm-hmm. nuances of the incredible importance of controlling that blood sugar response and controlling that insulin release, especially when fat loss is the goal, that just works, period. Yeah. Um, if anything, what has changed, I think, is my individuality with the application of that, meaning like, you and I could have a conversation. Let's say you were just starting out. I wouldn't necessarily be like, hey, golden rules of carbs and fat loss. I would probably start with like the simplest, most basic improvement that you could make. So, and and I've always shared that as my story, right? Like I started eating less Chick-fil-A. That's, that's right. kind of how that began for me. Um, but I really feel like even something as easy to understand and straightforward to apply as the golden rules is often too big of a change for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just have an increasing amount of respect for that. Like don't psych yourself out by what feels overwhelming, do what you can do. Mm-hmm. And while that was my approach years ago, it wasn't always my approach in education. Mm-hmm. And it, it very much is now because I really don't like the all or nothing, all in big change, dramatic profession of discipline. I don't like that because I just see it continue to fail and people put forth all of this effort and then they feel disappointed and they've eroded their confidence. I am very much like, you know, let's start with what is a layup for you. Like what is a slam dunk? What is the easiest shot? Where can we create a win and build on it for you? Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Are there um any other I mean your podcast is the best, but <laughs> are there any other um just my, you know, opinion. Uh are there any other podcasts that you're super inspired by? I know you don't listen to a ton of podcasts, but are there any other podcasts that you really like? I am admittedly more of a book listener on Audible than <laughs> a podcast listener. Um And what I will find for me is that I listen to a couple episodes and then I get a little kind of tired of it. Um, I think if you are an author, you're very critical of authors because you have your way and, you know, you just see flaws in other people's model. And so I think maybe as a podcast, listening to podcasts for me can can be not a restorative and fun (laughs) experience. but I really like story brand, building a story brand with Donald Miller that is very much for like business and, and that sort of thing. And um, I, I really like that. I'm looking through my, my thing right now. Ben Bergeron's podcast. I love Ben Bergeron and he owned the gym that I moved to go to um, when he moved to Natick before I moved to the Cape. I love him as a person. I don't love all of his podcast episodes, but I do like some of them a lot. So I don't listen to that religiously. Um, 
Same thing with Jocko Willink, uh, who wrote uh, Discipline is Freedom, and some, he's a former Navy SEAL, and he has a podcast called the Jocko Podcast. Some of his episodes are like three hours long, though, and yeah, like a lot of his episodes are closer to the two-hour and three-hour mark. Girl can't hang. Ain't got time for that. <laughs> yeah, so like if he had a like highlight reel, I would totally be down for that, but I... I am subscribed to him and listen very, very intermittently. Like five-hour drive might be a great opportunity, but I don't do a lot of those. Uh, and then I also really love the first couple of seasons of the Startup Podcast by Gimlet, um, which is, again, a business one. Uh, the CrossFit Podcast, eh, I cherry-pick, but yeah, that's basically it. Awesome. Okay, what couple more questions and we're then we're closing in on it um what would you like what would you like to see happen in the podcast over the next couple hundred episodes so in the 500 episodes that we've done I spent seven dollars on marketing total ever I ran one Facebook ad and I didn't like it, so I never did it again. I know that I have a desire to reach people, and I believe that there are a lot of people who would really not only connect to this message, but be changed by it. I have to be better at finding ways to get new listeners in. Part of that, I think, is asking you guys to tell your friends if you love it. Have you listened to the Primal Potential podcast? Like, that would be amazing. If everybody that listened did that to one or two people, it would change everything. I certainly have a responsibility in it too, but I am so basic. Like, I am the most basic business owner. I I don't script my podcasts. I don't edit my podcasts. I don't advertise my podcasts. I don't advertise in general. I don't do sales funnels or anything like that. Like I am basic to a fault and I probably need to make some adjustments there um, in a way that I feel comfortable with. I don't know if you can hear the rain coming down. It's crazy here. Um, it is raining. It's bananas. But I, uh, I would love to get more listeners because I think that that just can be a game changer. Um, I'd love to have more of my clients on the podcast. It's a mixed bag. Some people love that. I used to do a lot more of it. Uh, and some people don't like it as much. But I think that adding that back in sporadically, it's been a long time since I've done that. Um, I, I shared some of the rebranding calls that rebrand, I did with you yeah. guys. Yeah. But like more, less coaching and more like, what, what was your story? Where, where did you go? What has been your biggest change? What helps you the most? Because when we do that kind of stuff in the master's club, like this is the tool that's changing me. It is so helpful right. to see the tools that people use to create change in their life. And I think that there's a real cool opportunity for that. Um, but I'm open to anything anybody thinks in terms of how things could be better. Honestly, though, I love doing it so much that, like, um, I'll just keep on keeping on. And I was like, if anything, your kids are going to have, like, a killer, like, living diary of your life. Like, a living, <laughs> I'm like, 
if just for that, EB, keep it going. I Even know. Even more than that. But still, I mean, so it's going to be rocking. Isn't I wish it? I was your kid. Somebody, <laughs> somebody said, reminded me of something my mom said when she was on the show. I think it was like episode 204. I don't remember the exact episode number, but something like that. It was on my birthday. It was one of the anniversary episodes because it was mm-hmm. on my birthday maybe two years ago. My mom was on the show. Anyway, she said to me in that episode, and I didn't remember that she said this, uh, I wish I knew you 20 years, or like, I wish I knew you, you know, when I was 20 or something like that. My mom said that to me. Um, or where were you, you know, when I was 20 years old or something like that. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that if I have kids one day that they'll listen, my, my egg freezer company emailed me to let me know that the storage on my eggs is uh, set to renew soon. So it got me thinking about that. Like they're tucked away, costing me a pretty penny for their damn storage. Uh, (laughs) But someday they'll, they'll dig this up in the archives and uh, find this really funny. But you know what? Like to that point, what would my life be like if I was listening to this as an eight-year-old? I have such a desire in my heart, and I've told you personally this before, to reach younger people. And not just my younger people, because when I was seven, six, eight, twelve, I was so broken. And I didn't know the the struggle that I was going to carry with me because of the path that I was on. But nobody was a resource for me at that point. And I'm sure there are a lot of amazing resources for kids, but I want to be added to that mix. And I, yeah. I would love, you know, podcast aside, I want to find ways to reach young people. Maybe it's, it's that it's my second book. Maybe it's opportunities to speak to high schools. Hey, if you work in a high school or a middle school and you want me to come out and talk to your kids, I will. Absolutely. Like, I have such a burning passion for having those conversations and helping kids see that this body shame and hate and diet and all of this is not, it's not the only way. It's not the happy way. And, you know, I remember sharing on a webinar, I don't know if it was with you guys or if it was with one of my 12 week groups, but like the idea that change is a bargain today compared to what it's going to cost tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And for those kids, changing at 12 is a bargain compared to how it's going to be to change at 40. And I just have such a burning desire to reach young people. And I get excited about the idea of my own young people. But please, God, let that not be the only way that I make an impact because I just have a real heart to make a difference for for young people. Yeah. Well, I'm a mom of three and I have tears in my eyes because I'm thinking about the impact you've had on me and the way I've been able to start over taking the good and the bad for my own mom. But then I raised my kids unbelievably different and so much better because of your impact and the things that you have taught and instilled in me that then I'm able to carry on. So there's that natural ripple effect that's going to already impact thousands of kids but for sure let's let it get beyond that it's out there in the world we've told the podcast (laughs) listeners like I'm throwing it down that is something I want to do my sister is a high school social worker and um there's just this incredible need and I want to be a health curriculum out there EB yeah write some type of health curriculum anyway okay 
Um, okay, this isn't our own personal conversation. <laughs> this is <a> podcast. <laughs> so sorry. Okay. Um, actually, you know that I think I'm the one that gave you the nickname EB. Probably, funny? I believe you. Okay. Anyway, okay. Um, okay. This may be one of our last ones. Um, what was I? Shoot, where is it? Um, okay. What? If you had a podcast that you knew would be blared from every airway, um, could you tell us what your message would be? You don't have to necessarily pinpoint a title, but if if you could trim down your message, it's probably your book, but what would be that message that you would want every ear to hear? It might be the transformation is now 480. Yeah. Um, because it, you know, when people say to me something like, where should people start? You have so many episodes, like where should somebody start? It depends entirely on what they need, right? Some people are really, really confused about nutrition. And so they might need some nutrition basics, but for other people, it's like, no, no, I'm just inconsistent. And so that's going to, that's going to be a different thing. Or for some people, it's about the emotional side of it and fear and doubt and shame and all of that. And so that would be a very different podcast episode. But in terms of like one message and there's, if I could remember everything beyond like maybe the last 10, cause it's kind of like what's fresh in my mind, right. my answer might be different, but 480, I believe, don't quote me on that is where I talked about the idea of transformation is now. And I think that whether it's your relationship or it's your finances or your career or your body or your health or your attitude or your parenting, I think that's a powerful one. But also more recently, 494 about the mantras to help you win hard moments that have, I mean, so good. Yeah. We just need to be freaking happier people. Yeah. And if we're happier people, everything will change. In fact, I'm working today on our next master's club webinar, which is this coming, well, when this won't air. It'll, it'll be before this episode airs, but it's going to be on the science of joy, meaning mm. physically what happens to our bodies in the changes scientifically proven to our metabolism and to our gene expression when we are in a state of joy and when we are in a state of despair or stress. Like phys- It's not just like, ooh, feel good, be happy. But truly the science of happiness as the path to health versus health as the path to happiness, the science would blow your freaking mind. It will blow your mind because you'll hear the webinar. Um, but, uh, and by you, I don't mean all of you listening. Sorry about that. Just a master's <laughs> club. Now I'm going to be like, where can I find that in the master's club? <laughs> get there. It's an amazing group yeah, of people. Go, go. <laughs> but um, I think that there is so much merit to happiness as, as the path to physical health, emotional health, financial health, spiritual health. And we are so freaking backwards. Well, I'll be happy when I lose weight, when I have more money without understanding. It's like pushing on the wrong end of the fulcrum. Right. You know, it's just, it's not the effective way to create that change. Yeah. 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 (sighs) It's good. How's your book coming? Well, I will tell you, 
outside of the traditional channels and support that I have for like the book and the timelines and logistics, I hired a developmental editor outside of that to help me get through some of the hardest parts that I was having. And I just got her feedback on Monday of this week. And I told myself and I told my boyfriend and I told about seven people who are very close to me, I will have a full draft manuscript, full, not like a chapter, a full draft <laughs> manuscript in your inbox by July 12th, because Ooh. that is episode 500 and my birthday and Primal's four-year anniversary, and I will celebrate. Um, and I, I know I just posted in the Master's Club this morning how in my workout yesterday, I promise we're wrapping up, in my workout yesterday or the day before, I was using the mantra, um, start before you're ready or something like that. It was close to that. But basically it was this big, long barbell workout and you set the barbell down and you just want to catch your breath. And it, and I would say, you know, start before you're ready, pick up. But when you think you need five more seconds, grab the barbell now, start before you're ready. Um, and I'm trying to apply that in other things. And I was challenging you guys, whether it's snooze or whether it's, you know, going to bed, like do that thing before you feel like you've talked yourself into it. Just go now. Don't think about it. Don't give yourself that extra time. Jump in and go before you're ready. And so part of me living that out was saying, I am going to, instead of leaning into the resistance of where I am in this writing process, I am going to make this commitment. I'm going to push to get to the other side of that resistance. And it won't be done on 712, but a fully complete draft one manuscript from beginning to end will be a massive step. So um, when people are hearing this, the expectation is that about seven people in my life are going to have that sitting in their inbox. That's awesome. Yes, I'm Yay. ready. So today, it's in the inbox today. I know. Uh, I know. So oh, crazy. crazy. Yeah. Okay, is there anything else that you would want to say on this 500th episode? First to you personally, you are a pillar in the Primal Potential family. You are a pillar in my life of just unwavering dedication to yourself, dedication to me, dedication to what I believe in with Primal Potential. And I know you guys in the Masters Club know that there are some hard moments on this side of sharing with the world. And it is your support and your loyalty that has gotten me to where I can say it's four years. It's been four years and we did it and we've been through hell and it hasn't been the journey that I thought it would be in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways it's been better than I could have ever, ever imagined. And so you personally are a huge part of that. And so I love you and I am grateful to you and especially to all of the people like you who found the podcast early on. Um, and who are still listening, man, like, holy moly, I am just so grateful for you. Um, because there is no primal potential without you. And to everybody that has given me an hour of your attention, um, or an ounce of your goodwill, or a dollar of your support, um, and even your effort, your effort in your own life, like, I am beyond grateful. I, I know I've shared this 
most recently with the Masters Club when we got together in May, if anybody told me that this is what I would be doing with my life, it would have seemed more likely that I would like live on the moon with George Clooney, you know? Um, wouldn't be bad. <laughs> I know. Wouldn't be bad. Maybe that's next. Like if this is possible, maybe that's next. <laughs> um, I wouldn't have believed it. I, I wouldn't have believed that this was possible for me. And um, I'm just so grateful. And I'm so committed to every one of you. Like, I want you to know that I was having a conversation with somebody last night and I said, you know, if there was one thing that people could know about me, if I could have them know any one thing about me, it would be that I am real and I genuinely care. And my goal is to be authentic and honest and open and real and generous in my caring And, um, I know that can't always come across in the podcast. And sometimes I come across as like aggressive, um, but the aggression comes from deep love and caring. So I guess, um, just thank you all for getting us to this point. And I am so excited to continue to serve in ways that help you create your transformation. So that's all I got. (sighs) Okay. My turn. Uh, <laughs> you trapped me so there you go it's coming right back at you um, so personally I want to say um, thank you for what you said but I also just want to say that um, just want to say thank you for the ways that you have literally changed my life and my family and my family's family and my family's family and um, the, the legacy that you've left in me um, just can't be quantified. And I just want to say thank you for that. And she recently did ask if, you know, what would we, what is something that we would want people to know about Mm -hmm. Elizabeth? And obviously I'm not your best friend. I don't live down the street. I haven't known you for so many years, but I've had the privilege with being in the master's club of having a little bit more of an up close and personal view of you. And, um, I would say two things. One, that you are real and vulnerable and honest, and you make everybody feel like they're your only person in their life. And I just think that is a gift because the capacity that you have to extend yourself is amazing. And the way in which you lead, I don't know that I've ever met a leader um, who has sought leadership in a servant way like you have. And um, it just is absolutely um, amazing. And I would say, I would want to say to everybody, the message that you carry is so important and it reaches beyond anything to do with weight loss, um, that that should just be the beginning gateway. But your message is something that needs to be um really, really shared. So, um, I just want to say thank you. We love you and all of masters club loves you and everybody else. And I want to say, okay, so everybody listening, so it's her birthday today. So for her birthday, you can't edit this part for her birthday. I, my goal is that through emails, Instagram, Facebook, that she would have at least 500 encouragements where you're saying thank you or you're sharing one way that you've been transformed by our life. So at least 500, that's easy. And then 
take that and at least share it with one other person that you have on your heart that you thought, oh, I want to share this with someone. I just have it. So um, tagger, share it, share primal potential. And let's just make her day really special because think about the time she has spent responding to all of our emails. So we can do it. We can sit down and write her no questions. No, don't give her any questions. Just give her encouragements. <laughs> no questions. We don't, we no stories, no stories. Just Elizabeth, I love you because you have changed my life because. So this is a birthday present. So <laughs> my goal is that she has no emails to respond to today, only things to read and be excited about. All right. So um, we love you so much, E, and we wish you the happiest birthday. And here's to episode 1000. Right, um, we're going for it. Woo! So we're going um, for it. Thank you so much. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to ask you questions. Anytime. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. You're welcome. Love you. Love you. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.